Right, welcome back to the next section on our series about uh, copyright and licenses. And uh, now we'll talk about uh, TVization, which uh, Johan will introduce to us. Exactly. So, so we learned about TVization when, when talking about GPL licenses. So it's, it's something being addressed in GPL v3. Uh, so I choose to call this a story about following licenses to the letter. Uh, TVOization actually refers to the TiVo company because they did something. So, so in order to understand this, you need to understand how a computer starts. Um, so first, you just press the button. Exactly. <laughs> you, you give it. You give it power. Uh, yeah. And this means that a bootloader starts. Uh, usually, I have multiple stages of bootloaders, even so. So you have something that's sort of deeply embedded into the processor itself that knows how to find the the first bootloader and yeah, then yeah. start loading software. We're always going to piss someone off by, by simplifying it here. Exactly. <laughs> but you get a bootloader. And the job of this bootloader is to load the kernel, uh, usually Linux, in this case, Linux. Uh, and then the kernel starts, initializes stuff, and then it goes to an init process. And this is where you sort of hit user space and magic happens and, and you can start using it. So, so in most modern desktop system, init would be system D. Um, but it could also be the classic, uh, sysv init. Um, it could also be open RC. <laughs> yeah. Or a binary of your choice. Yeah. 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 Exactly. So it's basically a program that the kernel starts. Um, and the thing is, Looking at a classic Linux system, we know that the Linux kernel, free software, we know that the user space has a lot of free software in it. Pun intended. Now yeah, now you're using the GNU uh, logo on the kernel, which is might be misleading uh, it's, because it's not yeah, GNU it's, software. It's, it's not GNU software, but it's GPL. It, it's, yeah. it's free software, yes. It's but it, GNU as in GNU general public license, but it, that's a bit of a lie as well. Ex exactly. We will always piss someone <laughs> off by simplifying. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, user space will be mixed. The the thing is that you, we, there are open source bootloaders, um, but we, we have to look a bit at what what's the task of the bootloader. So, so you initialize the hardware. So, so for instance, the kernel assumes that the memory exists when you start. So you need to initialize clocks and stuff for external RAM. Um, it loads the kernel from wherever it sits if it needs to be loaded. Uh, it ensures that the kernel is somewhat correct. So you can do like a checksum or something of the kernel. And it prepares to pass some configuration data to the kernel. Um, so, so if you look at your desktop system, again, you probably have Grub or something running there. And you can actually send like a little command line to the kernel. Um, and then once all of that has been initialized and in, in the places agreed with the kernel, you, it jumps into the kernel that then can sort of pick up from there and, and take over the computer. Um, the thing is that ensuring the integrity of the kernel can mean many things. So, so what TiVo did was that you take the source code and, and build your kernel binary. Um, but the TiVo hardware won't run that, or the bootloader won't load that, uh, because it also checks that the kernel binary has been signed by a private key. And, and, and it, does it in hardware, or how does it do it? I don't know exactly how it does, but it does it, I guess it does it inside the bootloader. That would be the easiest place to do it. 
So instead of just calculating a checksum and seeing that this kernel is correct, it calculates a checksum and ensures that this kernel has been signed by a key that it knows. Mm -hmm. um, and the thing is, what Tebow then did was that they took the source code and provided all their patches and everything so you could recreate your own kernel binary, which means that they have technically fulfilled their obligations in the GPL, but they withheld the private key, which means that you cannot create a kernel that you can actually boot on the hardware. Um, but this is a company that lived on selling hardware, I guess. And uh, uh, as far as I remember, the reason for, for doing this was to pr prevent people from not recording the commercials or something like that. Am I, am I right? I mean, it's a set-top box. So, I mean, I guess they feed through copyrighted uh, streams of media, be it movies, be uh, it whatnot. So, so basically to to guarantee to their customers that you couldn't turn it into a recorder or to, to sort of record stuff freely. Uh -huh. They had to do this trick, they felt. Wait, to their customers or to their... They were the customer of those companies. Yeah, I would say yeah, the well, providers of TV the, the series. Providers of the TV series. I don't okay. know about yes, the exact yes. business model. Yeah. yeah. Because the, the users would be the people who buy the acceptor box. So it was not... Yeah, the, exactly. So the end user wasn't really benefited by this, but at the same time, without this, they probably wouldn't have had a set of box at all. Yeah. Um, so, so this is something that the GPL prohibits because they, the GPL v3 prohibits because they explicitly say that you have to provide the installation instructions and everything that you need. So you, the private key and how to use the private key and how to actually get the stuff on, onto the hardware. Uh, the interesting thing is that the reaction from Torvald, uh, the kernel creating was that I want to make it clear that DRM is perfectly okay with Linux. And he thinks there are quite valid reasons to sign and verify kernel images. Um, so in this mail, uh, there's a link at the bottom of, of this uh, picture here. Uh, he basically says that you actually check the checksum of the kernel when you trust my master git tree. That's also checksum. So how can we distinguish between a good and a bad checksum? Uh, so, so he feels that this is a slippery slope and he does not want to, to put anything extra on it. And hence the kernel is GPLv2. Uh, and, and the reaction of the, the FSF, uh, was to create GPLv3, uh, where, where you have section six basically saying installation information for user products are the methods, procedures, authorization keys, and other information required to install and execute a modified version of the covered work. Um, so, so they, they explicitly address this and they explicitly call this TV organization. Um, and that's one of the main difference between GPL two and three. Wait, is it called uh, TVization in the license or just a? Uh, it's called that by the FSF. I'm not sure if it's exact explicitly called that in the license. Yeah, I don't think it is, but yeah, it might be. No, you're probably right because section six covers more than that. It, I think that's where you cover what the distribution is and so on and. Yeah. Yeah. This then comes under all the, the sub paragraphs that define the distribution. But it's, it's an interesting thing here that it says a user product, which means it has to be something that is made for an, an end user. So for example, if you, if you create something 
and you then sell it to a company where there would never be an actual end user, uh, the uh, the TVization thing is not uh, is not really uh, a trigger, from what I've heard. Talking exactly. to lawyers and so on. It, it, in the dot 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 here, that is actually covered. So, so it has to be a product to be used in a home, I think it says, or a domestic product or a product to be used in a home. Yeah, um, exactly. And then they add something that, like, if you can't really tell if it's supposed to be used in a home or not, then it probably is. So it's sort of defensively written in that way. But if, if you build something like a tractor or something that you obviously don't use in a domestic scenario, then this doesn't apply. Correct. And and that sort of also links into what we've been talking about, the difference between free software and open source, that free software is more about the rights of the end user. Uh, so if you sell it to another company, the Free Software Foundation or the GPL doesn't really address that use case as strongly as if you were to sell it to an individual. All right. I guess that's, uh, that's all for now. Thanks, Johan. Thank you and uh, see you in a future ex episode.